Well, welcome to Faith Church. We're glad you are here with us. And uh, for those in the house, we're pumped to see you. And for those watching uh, online right now via YouTube or Facebook, we just say welcome. We are thrilled that you're a part of our Faith Church friends and family. And uh, I believe God's got something that he wants to say to you as we kick off this new collection of sermons um, that we're entitling Mindset Matters because it truly, truly does. And uh, we wrote a book uh, that I hope that you'll pick up, put in your hands. And our hope is that uh, over the next several weeks, you would begin to discover and your eyes would be open to understand that your mindset really does matter. In fact, that there is a reason and a point behind all of it. And in fact, that your thoughts are moving you in the direction that your life will go. Life doesn't happen by accident. It's actually your thoughts that are the data coordinates that are directing and navigating every arena of your life. And so as go your thoughts, so goes your, your life and your future. And, and uh, we want to align our thoughts in a God-honoring way and towards his purpose. And today I want to begin in Matthew chapter 20, starting in verse 20. If you have a copy of scriptures, why don't you turn there with me or click there on your phone. Or, of course, you can go to faithchurchks.org and click sermon notes, and uh, you can follow right along today's message um, as we get started. Matthew chapter 20, starting in verse 20, this is what the, the word says. It says, then the mother of Zebedee's sons came to Jesus with her sons and kneeling down asked for a favor. What is it that you want, Jesus asked. And she said, well, Lord, grant that one of these two sons of mine, just just one of them, doesn't have to be both of them, but at least let one of them, Lord, sit at your right or on your left in your, in your kingdom. Come on, how many of you know it's never a good sign when your mom shows up to your job interview with you? If case you weren't aware of that, moms and dads, young people, there are a few things that mom doesn't need to do for you, right? She doesn't need to, uh, when you're in college, change your schedule around. You can change your own classes when you're in college. They don't need to send the breakup text for you. No, no, no. You can do that breaking up on your own. And they ought never show up at the job interview with you. And all the employers said, amen. That's taking helicopter momming to a whole new level right here. She shows up and says, this is what I want. And Jesus responds, I'm sure, with a little bit of a smile and a spurt on his face and says, you don't actually know what you're asking. Can you drink the cup that I'm going to drink from? Now, in Scripture, anytime you see them talking about the cup, they're referencing one of two things usually. One is the cup of suffering, and that's what Jesus was talking about. He was coming to suffer as your Savior and my Savior. He was going to die a death, but would later be raised back. And he was making sure, listen, do you know are you able to drink from this same cup of suffering that I'm going to drink from? The second time, or the second way uh, that they reference the cup in Scripture is often a cup of joy or rejoicing. So those are the two times. And in this particular case right here, Jesus is saying, hey, can you, can, you, can you walk through what I'm about to walk through? I mean, are you really about to go through this same process of suffering as the Savior that I'm about to go through? And they answered with, I'm sure, plenty of gusto and confidence that they had rehearsed in the mirror beforehand. Yes, we can. 
And Jesus responds and says, well, you will indeed drink from my cup, referencing the joy that they would experience when they receive salvation in their life. But to sit at my right hand or my left hand, to, to have this position and this platform, well, that's actually not the point. You're missing the point if you're trying to get to a platform or a position. That's not what this is about. It's actually about the posture of your heart, Jesus goes on to say. In fact, after Jesus had responded, the other disciples who overheard this begging for a promotion conversation and was like, whoa, 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 you don't deserve to be promoted. Wait, 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 wait. They all got a little upset. And they started to, to get upset and indignant with the other two brothers. And Jesus called them all together, had a little uh, Friday afternoon meeting before the weekend and said, fellas, listen, 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 listen. You know that the rulers of the Gentiles, they like to lord it over people. And their high officials like to exercise and prove their power and authority over other people. In other words, there's a platform and a power that they're hungry for. This is not to be so with you. Instead, whoever wants to be great must actually be your servant. And whoever wants to be first place must actually take a back seat as a slave to one another. And, who, and Jesus said, just as the Son of Man, speaking of himself, didn't come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. I want to talk to you for the next few minutes on the topic, make room. Go ahead and elbow your neighbor and say, hey, make a little room, would you? Make room. Now, there are, there are many things in life that I find to be, uh, well, how should we say it? I find them to be a little pointless. For instance, I find it pointless that you would make a peanut butter and jelly sandwich and only put peanut butter on one slice of bread. Pointless. Waste of sandwich. Peanut butter sandwiches need peanut butter on both sides. Throw a little jelly and a slice of cheddar cheese and I'm in heaven. I, I, think, I think it's pointless. Another thing I think, making the bed. Pointless. Pointless. 7,000 pillows on your bed that you don't sleep with? Pointless. People walking this earth who need a sign to tell them that if they get too close to this ledge, they're going to fall and die? They are pointless. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Making the bed isn't that pointless. I have a, a child in my home whom shall remain nameless but she's my oldest, and she thinks it's pointless. She thinks it's pointless to clean her closet because nobody sees in the closet. Daddy sees it differently. It's our space. We take care of it. Let's get it clean. Let's take care of those things. I think there are a lot of things in life that because we can't see them, we can easily consider them to be, to be pointless. At, at very minimum, we would at least say that just because we can't see it, then there is no real impact to me or maybe other people at all. And I think that if we're not careful, we can fall into that same trap as it relates to our thoughts because you can't see your thoughts. And to think that my thoughts don't have a point to them, there's no reason, there's no impact that my thoughts have, I would submit to you that you are wrong, that your thoughts do have a point. In fact, 
your thoughts point you in the direction that your life will go in. And if your thought life and the things that you think in your mind aren't pointed in the right direction, they will take you down a path that you don't want to go. A lot of people spend a lot of mental real estate and energy in their life, and I think rightfully so, trying to discover their purpose in life. Why on earth am I here? What's the point of life in general? But more specifically, what's the point of my life? Like, why am I here? And you might be here today and you might be struggling with that, wrestling with this idea of what, what is this sense of purpose? Why am I here? Why have I walked through the things in my life that I walk through? Why do I struggle with the things that I struggle with? Why is this the, there's this tension with my own identity? Like, why on earth am I here? What is the point? What is the purpose of it all? I think it's a valid question, but I want to submit to you today that if you will allow your minds and your thoughts to point towards a God-honoring purpose, you will begin to discover your true purpose in life. That apart from God and His plan for your life, life will feel a little less like it's got a purpose to it. You'll be missing a component of purpose in your life when you're doing it without God and not pointed at in His direction. I believe that when we find purpose in our lives, it comes because we actually set our minds in agreement with God's purposes for our lives. Friends, I want you to know you are not here on accident. If there is breath in your lungs, God has a plan and a purpose for your life from the youngest to the oldest among us, God has a plan for your life. And until there is no more breath in your lungs, God's plans and purposes are not finished in your life. And we have to reset our minds to think that there is still time in this world and there is a purpose under heaven for which I am still here. And we need to discover what that is. And I would submit that the way we discover the purpose of our life is to allow our thoughts to point us towards God's purposes in general. This is what Jesus was saying in Matthew chapter 20 and verse 28. He came to declare his purpose statement that the Son of Man didn't come to be served. I actually came to give my life away to serve other people and to be a ransom, a payment to be the Savior for many. Jesus knew what his purpose was because he pointed his thoughts towards the Father, because he pointed his life in a direction that was honoring God. In fact, Jesus showed up and he says, hey, listen, friends, if you have seen me, if you look at me and you can touch my hands and hear my words, I, I'm here to do one thing, and that's to point you to the Father. I want you to look and to see my life, and my life is a reflection of, of God. If, if you see me, you see the Father. If you see me do something, it's only because the Father in heaven, God Almighty, wants me to do it. And he says, I've come to give my life as a ransom for many. Now, now if anybody had the right or the worthiness to demand to be served, I, I think it would be Jesus. I mean, he was there in the beginning before a chicken ever hatched out of an egg. He was there. Before the first sunrise ever crested the horizon, he was there. He was present 
in life from the beginning of time, before there was ever a constellation or a star in the sky, he existed and was there. If anybody had a right to say, I've been around the block a few times, you just just do it my way. Serve me. It was Jesus. But Jesus gives us a contrast to these two young men who come begging for a, a new position, a promotion amongst the disciple crew. I, I want to be on your left and on your right. And Jesus says, you're looking for position and platform. Quit trying to get verified on Instagram and TikTok famous. I've got a greater purpose than that. There's a different posture in my heart than that. It, instead of trying to accumulate more and rise to the corporate ladder top rung, instead of gathering all of the money that you can amass in your life, there is a bigger purpose to my life and to your life. And Jesus chose to prioritize people over a position, over a platform, over productivity, Jesus chose to prioritize people first. I, everywhere Jesus went, he would add value to somebody. Every conversation he had, he would look somebody in the eyes and make sure they knew that they were significant. He would look them dead in the eyes and say, listen, you matter. There's a reason you're here. From the, from the harlot who got caught in adultery to the tax collector who was cheating people out of money and stealing and lining his pockets, to other people that would be considered sinful, reprobates, and unclean and unworthy to be touched in life. He looked at them and said, come close, you can follow me. Jesus had this way of adding value and honor to, to people. He, he had this way of recognizing. He had this you could say it like this, Jesus made room for more people to belong in his family. That was the purpose of heaven. In fact, that brings us to the first mindset that I want us to look at today. And over the next few weeks, we're going to be looking at seven different mindsets that I think it's important for us as individuals to have. But they are also corporate mindsets or, or corporate values that as a congregation and as a church... We choose to hold these as our mindsets, as our value system. This is who we are as a church. And the very first one I want us to look at is this one uh, that says we make room for more people to belong. We make room for more people to belong. Jesus had a purpose statement of seeking and saving the lost, of, of, of serving people and prioritizing people. As a church, we have a, we have a mission statement as well, something that keeps us pointed on our purpose and our pathway. And, and uh, they're going to put the, our mission statement up on the screen, but it's simply this, that here at Faith Church, we want to bring faith to life by helping people take their next steps to belong to the family, become disciples, and build God's kingdom. We are hyper-committed to this mission this is our purpose as a church. This is why we are in this community. This is why we do what we do. This is where we're going and why we're going there. We want to help bring faith in Jesus to life in people. as We help them take a next step to belong to the family, become a disciple, and build the kingdom of God. That's the invitation. That's what we want for every person sitting here, watching online right now, we want to help you belong, become, and build. 
And belonging is this first step. And, and we want people to know that they, they can belong to God's family. I want you to know that you belong here. That you belong among the people of God. You might not believe everything that we believe. You might not look the same, act the same, vote the same, think the same, work in the same industry, but it doesn't matter. You can belong here. There's a sense where Jesus says, I want you to come and belong and, and, and learn from me, but there is a progress. Jesus loves you right where you are at, but he refuses to leave you there. He wants to see you develop and grow. But it all starts with this sense of belonging. It's this sense of belonging. And if there were two things that I really believe are critical to helping you or others have this sense of belonging, it's these two words. Are you ready for them? Relationships and responsibilities. Relationships and responsibilities. I think these two, they are not opposites of each other, but they are in tandem attention that we hold to, that when we understand a pursuit of relationships and we carry responsibilities, there is a sense of belonging that naturally grows on the inside of us. And by fact, other people begin to sense this same feeling of belonging because there's relationships and responsibilities at play. Now, it's really important that you understand that both, both have great, great value. See, because if all you do is pursue relationships, it's relationships, 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 then you're in danger of becoming lazy. And if all you do is work, 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 and you, you have responsibilities and you do the thing and it's a task and do, 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 you're in danger of becoming legalistic. So on one side, we need relationships. On the other side, we need it to tension out with responsibility so that we don't end up swinging the pendulum in either direction. And some of you might be sitting there as Bible scholars and say, yeah, but, but what about Mary and Martha? Didn't Jesus tell Mary that she was doing the better thing by just sitting at his feet and having, building this relation, having this moment with Jesus while Martha was distracted and serving and making lunch and doing all this household stuff? Didn't Jesus say that Mary was better than Martha? No. He didn't say that one was better than the other, but he did say the pursuit of both were important, but there is a priority that must be established first. And that priority is our relationship with God. And that's what he was speaking to. He wasn't saying to do work is wrong, and so don't be like Martha and instead be like Mary. Wrong interpretation, that's not what he was saying. Because without the Marthas of the world, you would never eat or have electricity. We'd all still be 37 living in our mama's basement playing video games and being freeloaders. There is a sense of relationship and responsibility that God wants us to have because there's a, a growth for it. And when we carry, uh, when we pursue or relationships and we carry a responsibility, that's how we make room for more people to belong. Uh, let's break it down a little bit. In fact, if, if we're gonna make room I want you to write this down. Making room for people means that we align our priorities. Excuse me. Making room for people means we minimize our preferences to pursue relationships. We minimize our preference to pursue relationships. 
How many of you have ever had the argument, I mean, I mean the discussion about where you're going to go for lunch? Hey, where do you want to go eat? Oh, wherever you pick, it's fine. Great, let's go have, let's go have Chinese. Eh, I'm not really feeling Chinese today. How about Mexican? No, I'm feeling a little gassy. I'm not sure that's a good idea. I thought you said you don't care. I don't care. Just pick. I just picked two. No, that's not the same thing. And all of a sudden, our preferences start to get in the way of a relationship moving forward. We all have preferences. It's true. And when it comes to our spiritual life, oftentimes, our preferences get in the way. The church, it's too loud. It's too quiet. It's too dark. The church is too light. I don't like that sermon. It's too boring. It's too exciting. It's too engaging. It's not engaging enough. I like traditional worship. I like spontaneous worship. I need worship to be all about hymns. No, I need some new modern choruses and a bass guitar that's driving the bass. I need, I need, I need. And if we're not careful, we'll get into a picky relationship with God where our preferences shallow out our actual surrender. Don't allow your spiritual preferences to shallow out your surrender. Because at the end of the day, we are here to pursue a relationship with God and a relationship with other people. And at the end of the day, if your relationship with others is going to progress, it's gonna require that at some point you surrender some preferences. It's not about compromising values. It's about being willing to lay down a preference to serve somebody else. It's about willing to put somebody else's needs ahead of your own needs. It's this idea that we can minimize our preference and pursue relationships. Now, can I be honest? By nature, um, I am not a people-oriented person. doesn't mean I don't like people doesn't mean I'm not a little extroverted. It means that when it comes to feeling like I've um, accomplished something in a day, I like to accomplish tasks. Like, give me a list. I'm going to knock it out. We're going to move forward. I'm going to accomplish some stuff today. Lock me in. Crank up the music. Let's go. Like, I, I feel more satisfied when I'm accomplishing tasks. Some of you are more people-oriented. You feel like you had a great day if you just sat around chit-chatting with people and having fun and uh, making somebody else's day and you, get, you love getting stopped at Walmart. Y'all people are like crazy, by the way. But like you love to chat and to connect with people and it's like people, 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 people. It's how God made you. You're wired in that direction. That's good. But even in our personalities, we have to be willing to walk with a level of surrender so that we can still accomplish both and. If I spent all day with people and I never got to the task of preparing a message, this wouldn't be nearly as impactful in your life. It's a both and. That's why all throughout the day, I know my own tendencies and that's why I have to make room in my schedule every week to make sure I'm prioritizing people, that I'm meeting with people. In our follow-up system that we have here at Faith Church, we, we have a, a systematic way and a scheduled way of making sure we follow up with somebody for at least six weeks after they visit for the first time. And one of the last messages that we send out is uh, me inviting people to come have coffee or to video chat and just connect a little bit, to hear each other's stories. 
And those are some of my favorite meetings. Why? Because I do love people. But if I'm not careful, my preference to accomplish things will crowd out my pursuit of people. And you might be in that same place. We have to be willing to minimize our preference so that we can pursue a relationship with other people, and hear me, with God. You have to pursue a relationship with God. And when you do, there's something of renewed sense of purpose that begins to grow on the inside of you. But it's not just about pursuing and minimizing our preferences to pursue relationship, but on the other side of it, number two is this. We have to make room for people, which means that we have to align our priorities to carry our responsibilities. How many of you growing up, uh, or maybe in your house, this is also true, that you had family chores that you had to do? Wave your hand, wave your hand. I didn't say you liked them, I just said you had them, right? You had family chores. And, and for, uh, for me, we had a lot of family chores. Um, and we never saw a dime come into a checking account or a piggy bank based on our chores. How many of you grew up responsibly like that? Yeah, your parents didn't spoil you. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. Work ethic, my people. My mom always said, you get to breathe my air, live in my house, eat my food, and sleep in my bed. That is your payment, son. To which I said, whatever. And then I had more chores. It was fun. It was great. It was this back and forth. That's how I got so good at doing tasks, my friends. It was when you're a part of a family and you do the chores, you do, you have a responsibility. That's one of the ways that you know you belong. That's one of the ways you know that this is your family. Why? Because you have a responsibility that you, you're asked to carry. The same is true in God's house. He invites us to serve in his mission to reach more people, to save more people. He invites you to participate in that. And, and we do that often through the local church. At church, there are opportunities for you to serve. Why? Because we want you to participate in the mission that God has us on. And when you participate in the mission that God has us as a church on, there is a sense of belonging that fills your heart unlike any other. And there's a sense of God-ordained purpose in your life and satisfaction in your life that shows up only because you've taken a step to carry a responsibility. I could tell you story after story of people who in our church decided to take the step and start carrying a responsibility and, and they weren't sure that it was their quote-unquote gift. They were just willing to serve. But all of a sudden, something has happened in the process where now it is a passion of theirs. They might not say that they are called to do this or they are gifted to lead a small group for our elementary kids, but they can tell you that they are passionate about doing it. Think about a, a particular gentleman in our church who, really quiet, really reserved, not really an extrovert at all, um, but knew he wanted to participate and start serving and didn't really know, and so he started to serve as a small group leader in our elementary room and something of a newfound passion unlocked inside of him. Because all of a sudden, he loves circling up with these little kids and teaching them about Jesus and presenting it in a way and having fun conversations with them. And it's, it's sparking spiritual growth in his life unlike any other. Listen, if you want to see your life really begin to accelerate in your spiritual growth, build your relationship with God and carry your responsibility in his house. And watch how God explodes your faith in your own personal life. This is the invitation that Jesus invites us to. 
Luke chapter 10, verse 2, Jesus gives you the invite. He says, listen, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are, are few. Pray that, that the Lord of the harvest, therefore, would send out workers. He didn't say pray that he would send out celebrities. He didn't say pray that he would send out more pastors. He didn't say pray that he would send out more professionals. He didn't say pray that he would send out uh, people who know they are called and ordained and gifted of the Lord. He said just pray that there would be people willing to put some sweat equity into it. People who would be willing to roll up their sleeves and show up early and stay late. People who'd be willing to pray for people that they don't know them other than their name and a prayer card, but by golly, they're praying every week for, for heaven to show up in their life. It's, it's people who are willing to roll up their sleeves and say, oh, there's diapers that need to be changed. I'm not really gifted to change diapers, but I'm passionate about laying hands on children and making sure they know that they're loved and belong and this is a safe place for them. I'm not really gifted to park cars, but I like being friendly and I want to create an environment where people can see and experience and know that the moment they drive onto a parking lot, this is a place I can belong, I can be welcomed, I can be loved, I can work out my junk all along and it's safe to be here. And those are the people that are helping build the kingdom of God. Those are the workers that God's looking for. He's not looking for the uber talented. He's just looking for the people who have discovered it's a pursuit of a relationship with God and a responsibility that you carry and when you have these relationships and responsibilities there is a sense of belonging that says this is my family this is what it looks like to belong to the family of god friend where you're willing to lay your preferences down to pursue relationship with other people and with god and you're willing to align your priorities every day every week every morning so that you can participate in the mission that God has you on and us on as we participate in the mission of God and carry a responsibility. That's the invitation that Jesus gives to us. Jesus said it like this. For the Son of Man came, the reason I came was to seek and to save the lost. Seek and save seek and save jesus said i came to seek and to pursue a relationship with humanity but i also came to save the lost i came to roll up my sleeves and to go about the rescue mission friends if we're going to allow the purpose of god to grow if you really want to discover why on earth you are here I'll give it to you right here. It's the same purpose that Jesus had. It's to seek and pursue relationship with other people and to save, to rescue, to work hard, to throw the life preserver out there, to reach your arm up and pull somebody up out of their mess and say, come on, let's go. We use a phrase here at Faith Church, invest and invite, invest and invite. It's not an original phrase. We ripped it off a few other churches along the way. But I love the simplicity of it. Because if we're going to participate in the mission of God, if, if we're actually going to grow in, in a purpose that really matters to us, that really brings us satisfaction and it fills a longing, if we're really going to do that and experience that, 
We have to be willing to say, I'm going I'm to invest in relationships with people. I'm going to do it. I'm going to invest in a relationship with God. I'm going to invest in relationships with other people, people who don't know God. Not just huddled up with your Christian folk who think and act and believe exactly. No, I'm going to invest in other friendships so that I can invite them, pull them out to come experience something new, to come experience something life-giving. This is why we exist as a church. Not to make you feel good about your religious exercise and duties, we want to create a space every Sunday for people to come and experience something life-giving and transformative while at the same time helping them take a next step so that they can grow in their own faith. We, we don't care if you followed God your entire life, if you went as a kid but you followed away from it because you just didn't believe and circumstances and experience didn't line up, it kind of grew stale, or you've never set foot in a church a day in your life you belong here our approach to church is a rescue mission every Sunday we invite people to carry a responsibility on this rescue boat because all week long others of us have been investing in relationships inviting them to finally come to church and we want to carry a responsibility that when they walk through these doors, we get to play a part in them experiencing the love of God maybe for the first time in their life. That's why people stand at the door. That's why there are cards on your seat. That's why people are running cameras and holding babies and circling up in a huddle with kids. That's why people are available at the prayer spot while people are selling merch and standing behind an iPad to help you check in your kids and take your next step. Like, that's why because we belong to this family. We have relationships and we carry responsibilities because we want to live out a purpose that is bigger than just us. And if you're gonna live out a purpose bigger than you, then let's align with the purpose that God has for each of us. And that's to serve others, to seek them out, to help save them and to do our part to empty the population of hell and fill heaven with more people from Southeast Kansas. We make room around here. We'll add services, build buildings, start live streaming, add more chairs, uh, build uh, more expansions, plant new churches, start new campuses. We will do just about anything shy of sinning to reach one more person with the message of God. One more person needs to know that they belong. One more person needs to know that Jesus stepped out of heaven, sat down as a servant and said, I'm here to save your soul. Hell. There are a couple hurdles that you've got to overcome though if you're going to carry, if you're going to pursue a relationship and carry responsibility. There's two things that you're going to have to surrender. Two, two key things that you're going to have to make room and have purposeful surrender. Two hurdles that we all have to cross. The first one is this. You have to be willing to surrender your insecurities. I, I don't know them. I don't want to say hi to them. What if they are judging me? What if I don't want to turn and greet my neighbor? That's not my personality. It's just not who I am. I, you have to surrender your insecurities. In fact, I want to challenge you not only to surrender your insecurities, but do it in a way by widening your circle to meet somebody new every Sunday. 
Maybe, maybe take a big step and join a connect group. What if I don't like them? It's okay. Give it some time. You might like them. You might not. Try a different group. Your leader's not going to be offended. They're not allowed to be offended. We told them they weren't allowed to be offended. Widen your circle. If you're going to really pursue relationships, you're going to have to surrender some insecurities. Just going to have to. But, but not only that, you've got to be willing to surrender your schedule. You're busy, I'm busy, we're all busy. But I want to challenge you, start surrendering your schedule and take a step to carry some responsibility. If you've never been to growth track, that's your first step. Some of you are like, Pastor, that's not fair. Nobody's been to growth track. It's just getting started. I know. If you've never been to growth track, it's for you. You should sign up next Sunday during the 11 o'clock service. It's for you. Begin to gain some traction so that you can be deployed on mission. Surrender your insecurities. Surrender your, your schedules. That purposeful surrender allows you to make room for more people to belong. There's the third thing I want you to do and consider this week. And I want you to make this mindset declaration over your life every day. In fact, each week I'm going to write and craft a new declaration that correlates with this mindset that we're talking about. They're not in the book, hot off the press just for you every week cooked up in the spiritual kitchen of my office and heart. And this week, I want to put this mindset up on the, on the screen, and you can find it online on our hub. We'll also send it out on social this week. But I want you to make this mindset declaration over your life every single day this week. Would you, would you start by reading it out loud with me right here, right now? Let's read this together. I make room for more people to belong. Jesus is my Lord and he invites me to partner with him on his rescue mission. I will make room in my prayers for others. I will make room in my schedule and widen my circle of friends. I will make room in my priorities as I surrender control. My mindset is fixed. I belong to God's family. I invite others to belong too. This is my responsibility. My mindset matters. Do you believe that? Friends, I want you to know you matter to God. He has a purpose for you and for all of us. And when you pursue relationships and prioritize carrying a responsibility, you begin to develop and grow in a God-honoring purpose. And it shifts your mindset to where it points you towards the destiny that God has actually called you on. Let's make room for more people to belong as we pursue relationship, prioritize responsibility. Would you bow as we close in prayer? Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. I thank you, Lord, that it's been speaking to us. Lord, I pray that you would help us to respond appropriately for us as individuals.